Hello, Harold and Modcasters. Welcome to the Harold and Modcast. This is We Talk Thrones. Among other things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk some thrones. Yes. <laughs> well, right now we talk thrones. <laughs> and uh, was, I don't know, it was kind of boring episode. It was all right. It was all right. Um, there were some highlights. There were some moments. I feel like the coolest moment for me was the vision Bran had, and we finally saw Rhaegar Targaryen. That was cool. It was just a quick glimpse but we never saw we haven't seen him the whole there's never been a flashback to the mm. mad king and it shows jamie like killing him too it's all quick flashes but if you're watching it's like him on the throne and he's all like drinking the wildfire the yeah. green liquid and then it shows like jamie on the throne and like cutting him down and stuff that and if cool. you looked real close did you notice that he resembles Jon snow <laughs> yeah right <laughs> he does he definitely does a little bit yeah he definitely looks like a sickly old king with the silver hair and the like pale skin of a targaryen well that's the mad king rhaegar's the son of the mad king oh well we saw the right, mad king right then. yeah that's what i meant but we saw the son we saw rhaegar too they oh, showed him and oh, he's oh, the one oh. i'm talking about that looked like Jon snow oh yeah, um, yeah the mad king though to see that was cool yeah that was cool that was super cool so what else happened arias okay can i have my haria can i have my i told you so dance right now I'm yeah, that, yeah, you can have that. <laughs> Dancing, I told you so. Dancing, uh, I told you so. I spotted Essie Davis as the actress that she's supposed to kill, and I just knew that there's no way they were going to kill her off. Not just like that. No, and they didn't. And she they didn't. did not. She had a change of heart. Why do you think she had a change of heart? Well, they had that conversation where she was like, I used to sneak into the theater and mm-hmm. when I was a little girl and... You, your eyes tell a story or some stupid yeah, shit. Yeah. And so she like, I don't know, Aria was like, I want a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Forget being assassin. I just want to have a mommy. Yeah. And then we see her go. Well, first of all, she she puts a poison in. Yeah. And then she tosses it and then points out to her that the who the girl is. That hired her. Yeah, that yeah. hired her. It was like the little underling girl, the little pretty. Understudy or whatever yeah, she is. Yeah, must have been her understudy yeah. or something. But yeah, she smacked it out of her hand and made quite a scene yeah not very assassinately of her nope and that crappy girl that works for the no-name god too saw her and yeah, now she she's sucks. gunning for her well jorah gave her the go-ahead of like not jorah uh whatever that jack guy's and name. hagar jack and hagar yeah gave her the go-ahead of like make it quick and like blah 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 so yeah he's she's coming for her so but Arya f- kept her sword needle yeah. Needle's back. Needle's back. That's cool. And we see her kind of hunker down in like a cave or something. Something. Yeah, she's leaving. She's going to make a break for it. But, you know, I just don't want to see Jack and Hagar die. No, I I don't know that we're going to see him die. I think she's still going to be involved with this theater troupe because there's two actors in that group that, that are, like are well-known actors. actors that I just don't think that's it for them. Well, maybe she's going to what she's going to do is become a part of the theater group and then they're going to perform in Westeros and she's going to infiltrate that way or something as a part of the theater group or I something. Don't, I don't think that play would go over so well in yeah, Westeros right. and the King's Landing. King's Landing. Yeah, yeah probably not. But uh, maybe that's a good assumption that maybe. she's going to travel with them somehow or Somehow. I feel like the Essie da- Davis character is going to take her under her wing. She's going to have thank her for it. She's going to 
there's something's going to happen between the two of them and we're going to hear some sort of backstory with that character like mm-hmm. she's going to be connected to the group yeah. at large somehow that's oh what yeah. I, yeah something something's there that's deeper than we just don't know yet right like you said they wouldn't have casted her if she wasn't going to play some sort of larger role in aria's story right what that you know remains to be seen but now i am kind of curious because yeah what do you do when you're just you know following the orders of the faceless god or whatever like she mm-hmm. can't i think she's realizing she can't really get her revenge. She just wants revenge. She doesn't really yeah. want to be an assassin. Right. She just wants the skills of an assassin to exact revenge. Right. Which is fine. But so I'll take those skills. Yeah. <laughs> and like you'll have to kill me, but if uh, you don't kill me, then I'll have a bunch of skills. Yep. And I'll go and kill the mountain somehow with my mm. little needle. I think she's gonna kill that girl. Yeah, I think the girl's gonna come for an air. Arya's gonna be like, "Fooled you! I have a sword. I'll stick you right in your heart." Or maybe the S.C. Davies character will save her. Save her from the girl. Yeah. Yeah, that girl sucks. Yeah, that girl sucks. I can't wait to see her go down. Yes. There's nothing redeeming about her. No, she's always been a pain in the ass. Yeah. Which I guess that's why we shouldn't feel bad when she gets killed by a needle <laughs> or well, something. Probably by needle. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, and another significant storyline was Sam uh, Tarly taking Gilly. That was Gilly. the biggest moment of the episode, I think. It was big, yeah. It was the most dramatic. The dinner scene was the most dramatic moment of the episode, I think. Yeah. The, the father just despises his firstborn so much. And he's a scumbag. Oh, he's awful. Yeah. He's just the most sorry fucking man. And then Gilly, of course, tries to stand up for Sam and totally blows yeah. the cover. <laughs> like, he's like, all you had to do was not say shit. Now yeah. he knows you're a wildling. But then the father was still like, I'll take you in and I'll take in your son. But you're out of here, Sam, forever. I'll but he was going to make her like a kitchen maid yeah. and raise the son yeah. like she didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a great alternative. The father is a well-known British actor, too. He's been in many BBC series. Like Americans will know him as Bridget. Jones's creepy uncle mm. in the Bridget Jones movies. Oh, that's cool. Um, but he plays a very convincing jerk as yeah. the father of Sam. God, he just looks like an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. Poor Sam just is like, I'll be a maester. And he's like, you fat fucking I know. pig. I want to be fatter. <laughs> want some more bread and some cakes and pies, little <laughs> Samwell. Aww. You like your food, Samwell done, Samwell. Aww. Yeah, it was, it was rough. But then the sword, the Valerian steel sword that sits upon their mantle, Sam took it he's when like, he left. Well, first you think he's going to leave and like the father wants him to. But then he comes, he says goodbye to Gilly. Mm-hmm. And the baby, mm-hmm. and he comes back, and he's like, fuck this, and he takes the sword, and she's like, your father's going to come after you, and he's like, let him try, because he can fight now. Yeah, he's, Gilly even he's said, got, like, yeah. yeah, he can he can fight. He's just sort of a pacifist, but right. he's fucking been in combat, real combat. Yeah. So, I wouldn't count Sam out. So he takes the sword and he takes Gilly and the baby and baby Sam and he's on his way and he's like, we belong together. So, I mean, he's clearly uh, crucial to this whole playing out of the story somehow. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And if he does go and become a maester, he'll be very important to the whole White Walker rampage. Well, and the other thing in the brand universe is that, that Uncle cool. Benjamin came back. And saved them. Because there's like, how the fuck are we going to get out of here when she's just dragging that cart barely through the snow? Right. 
and then she gets gassed out and they're just there and here comes a you know masked rider with a cool f- like flaming mace yeah he had like a oh, yeah. flaming mace and some cool little wa- wildly tactical weaponry yeah he really knew how to fight them yeah he kicked some fucking ass on his horse and scooped him up and took him off and then sure enough it was uncle (laughs) brenjan and we haven't seen him since the first season the last time we saw him he was with john on the top of the wall talking about how he was going off to do stuff fight go after i don't remember exactly i don't because that long going after it was a long time and he well he talked about it in this episode and then he talked about how he got you know, it, he got stabbed by a a White Walker. And he was saved. But his that's why his face is all messed up? Well, he was saved by the woodland creatures, remember? Yes. That's what Brent's like. They saved you. They put dragon glass in you because he was going to turn into a White Walker. Yeah. They saved him. So he's got maybe some sort of power balance or something where since he was, was saved, he's not full White Walker, but he's not full human anymore. Yeah. So he can survive on the other side of the wall, like just by himself. <laughs> Well, and bringing him back is all the more credence to they're they're really pushing this whole connecting the Starks to the Targaryens thing because we're seeing the we're seeing the visions of the Rhaegar and the Mad King. Oh man, the the sister, and we're seeing you know like it's all connecting. Yeah, which is yeah, I think the fans were just hip to it. And so you, all you got to do is do a little digging yeah. and you can figure out kind of what direction the show's going in because people are so obsessed with it. Right. Which is cool. You know, I don't want any spoilers, but yeah, it's kind of clear where their direction yeah. you know, they're going in. Which I think is cool. I, I'm glad they're going in that direction. That'd I'm be sure. weird as an actor, though, to be in the first season. Like, okay, we're going to bring you back in five seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so, five years. So don't Maybe they didn't anything. even know, though. Maybe. Maybe good thing the same actor was available. Yeah, you know, it's not like actors are you know, you know, like he's Chris Pratt or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know that would, that would be interesting as an actor to be like, fuck, I back to playing this character again, right? For so long, for how many episodes? Who knows? It's a yeah. weird, weird job, you know. I'm I'm pulling for a Sean Bean like flashback. I'd like, like to see some of, Sean Bean again. Yeah, that'd be cool. We did see him for a second as his head's about to be chopped off in yeah. Brain's vision. Yeah, we did see that sort of again, and we've seen him as a adult, like a young man, right? Sort of adolescent in Ned Nedard Stark. Ned yeah, Ardard, so yeah. we might get that. We might. It would be cool. And so then, uh, meanwhile, in King's Landing, mm-hmm. uh, Marjorie is apparently converted. all converted to the High Sparrow. She's like a born again. Yeah, and then so is Tommen by virtue of her Jeffrey Price or John Price. Or Jonathan Price. <laughs> kind of <laughs> worked his magic on them, He man. pulled a fast one on everyone because the Tyrells had had this plot they brought their men. The it's like siege Father plot. Tyrell's yeah. there. Well, because she has to do her walk right. of atonement. And they're just like, fuck no. This is like the most demeaning shit ever. Right. And then he, and then it's right when they sort of like get their armies all lined up and Jamie's on horseback, sure enough. Right. Jonathan's right. like, there will be no walk of atonement. Yeah. I'm wondering if he knew that all along because they didn't shave her head like they did with Cersei. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, she's standing there in a robe. But yep. her hair's long, right? So I think that was all or- that the High Sparrow orchestrated that, and he knew that they were coming for him. Golly, like yeah, he's always one step ahead of mm-hmm. them. Even the grandma Tyrell was like, "We've been beaten. That's yeah. what's happened." And now the people love him, and Tommen's like all in bed with them, and he takes 
Jamie Lannister from the High Council or the King's Hand. Oh right, or he kicks him off as the kick, the 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 head of the King's Guard. Yeah, he's no longer. He's like, I've been King's Guard before you were born, motherfucker. Yeah. He's like, yes, and you serve the crown well, and blah blah. And now you're gonna go like look after an army of the House Tully and the fish. Or well, he wants, to, and we do go see that the Blackfish, which is what uh, yeah. Lady Stark's uncle yeah like her family her family he's he had escaped from walder frey we see walder frey again that, that was, was cool. cool yeah that was cool because i want to see what happened some justice there right walder frey gets like drawn and quartered or something <laughs> something awful well and he's uh the the river run is where the tullies are from yeah. and they had taken that over but the blackfish took it back yeah and so walder frey's like you're gonna go take that castle back and his sons are like we can't do it there's no way we like, don't have we, enough men you know the men or the resources and he's like just do it i don't care right i'm miserable I don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that we have their king and then so they show that they've captured the uncle oh that's the other uncle that's the Fuck. her cousin oh okay so the guy that was there to marry Walder Frey's daughter yeah. was has been there ever since the Red Wedding. Well, because remember they go off and they're having their little consummating the wedding thing. They yes. leave the the wedding room or right. whatever, and that's when the murders happen. So yeah, he's been there the whole time. Yep, he's been there the whole time, and his father is the one that uh, had escaped. They call him the Blackfish. Oh, okay. and he's the one who has an army now, and so they bring they they. Uh, I guess it's the one who's still there was her brother or her cousin, her cousin, Lady cousin. Stark's cousin. Yeah, cousin. He's the one who couldn't hit the the boat when they were trying to yeah, send off the, the, her father who yeah, died. Yeah, the burial, the memorial yeah. fire. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. That he's was kind awesome. of like useless. But so he's still there. He's looking pretty shabby. Yep. And so Jamie's essentially being sent with an army to fight to help. Uh, re- get back the the uh, river run from the black sh- fish. Right, he but he's fight. not invested anymore. He he's kind of like fuck this shit. Yeah, he's like I'm not some fucking guy. You can just send me out and like send me out to pasture with some fucking little army. He's pissed. He's pissed. And then Cersei's about to have a trial, but it's by combat, and she's got the mountain, so she's not worried about it. Right now, in the in the books, although we know we've they've strayed from it, she. He doesn't come back to help her with the con- with the trial, and they have a big falling out at that point. I, it doesn't look like they are doing that anymore. Oh, you mean Jamie and Cersei, yeah, like Jamie and Cersei are still connected right now, but at this point in the in the books, they he's betrayed her, and so they're not. Oh, and so I don't know if they're going to weave that in where Jamie right. and her part ways and you know sure i'm not sure what they're doing with her anymore because it's kind of strayed from what was happening in the book with her it'd be cool to see aria kill walder frey that'd be cool someone's definitely going to kill him i and that it is a big yeah who kills him is kind of that's gonna be cool an interesting one there's a lot of people who would like to did we see anything of daenerys and we did see some daenerys Oh yeah, we um, did, didn't we? she gets her dragon back. Oh, and it's full grown, it's huge. It's fucking huge. Three of yeah. those dragons. Yeah, who, who it's can beat done. that? You're that's, done, that's, son. That's, they have the army. They could kill the White Walkers with those. Yeah, all of them. Right? Are you kidding? Dragon fire can melt stone for God's yep. sakes. Turn yeah, I mean they're lava. the only ones that can kill the White Walkers. So mm-hmm. hopefully, her idea of conquering 
the seven kingdoms will be more, you know, John or whoever will convince her she's actually got to save them. Right. By. Let's use your only hope. So she's back and she does a little speech to the Dothraki, you know, because she comes back. She she Leaves hears and, it, yeah. you know, and so she goes off with the horse, comes back flying the dragon and they're all like, oh. She's riding it. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking cool. And she talks about taking... You help me with the arm, the men in steel. You'll cut them down, and we'll take their castles. And all the Dothrakis are on board, right. man. They're ready to go. But she doesn't have the ships, and she doesn't know that Theon's uncle's building ships to try to come get her. For her, her we don't yeah. Know how that's going to play out? No, we don't. And Theon and his sister have gone off somewhere. Maybe she, they're going to get to uh, Daenerys first with the ships, or who knows what their plan is. I don't know that they know to go there because they, you know, the uncle's the one who sort of traveled around and had all these knowledges of knowledge yeah, of all this. So. That's true. That's true. Who knows? Who knows? There's a lot going on, and uh, it looks like from what we saw for the previews for next week, Sansa's back in the fold and yeah we saw no Jon Snow this week this episode we did not which is you know he's still searching for parties to join 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 his fight against but it looks like we're gonna see him next week and Sansa and it looks like she's causing trouble yeah we'll see what happens uh yeah but I mean it was there were I shouldn't say it was a boring episode there were moments there's some cool moments it's just there's so much going on and you're you know yeah they just give you piece by piece by piece you know last episode we got a lot of we got a real cool yeah you know incidents or you know yeah but it just slowly climbs right I mean next week piece. is episode 7 which traditionally some major thing it was the battle of Hardum it was, I mean, Red seven Wedding, yeah. is, is tradi- yeah, traditionally the episode where some major thing happens. Yeah, but it doesn't look like that, but mm. who knows? Who knows? Because Hodor was really, that was like the, almost like an episode seven reveal. People are still talking about that. Well, it's one of the coolest moments in the show now. Really. Yeah. For sure. I know. It's brilliant. Really good writing. I want one of those door stoppers. The Hodor. Yeah, like, we should post that on our. <laughs> we'll post it on it the is website. posted on our blog. Oh, it There's is. There's a post good. of the link that you sent me with yeah. all the different ones. Yeah, they have metal, like heavy yep. metal, steel ones, and then they have like plastic and rubber ones, and it's literally like the wedge door stopper with yeah. Hodor. Like, <laughs> I want one. 3D printed into it. It's really cool. Yeah, it's so, so it's literally cool. a Hodor door holder door stopper it's hilarious i know and there's plastic ones and then there's metal ones yeah like steel ones yeah that are like a paperweight almost yeah you know, it's just like a decoration not really a use for your door stopper. but they're like a hundred bucks i know but then the plastic ones are like 20 30 yeah you know, 20, 20 bucks 29 20 bucks 25, yeah, yeah something like that which is cool it's a cool little gizmo so uh yeah so, yeah. Cool stuff. Moving forward, and uh, we'll see what happens next week. It's always, you know, exciting to get to episode seven because then you're starting to also be like, oh my god, this season is now almost over. It's on the again. other side of it, yeah, bummer. I know, and then we have to wait another year. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is kind of crazy. I mean, luckily we won't. We're edging towards getting back to Walking Dead, but we still have the summer to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also watched Penny Dreadful. Yeah, that new episode of Penny Dreadful, which was good. Yeah. It was real good, I think. There yeah, it was. They I went to remember. the they're in the West. Oh yeah, it all took place mostly in the West. And we're finding the origin story of Ethan. 
Yeah, and we finally meet his dad and what happened. Brian Cox, who's played a by brilliant vet. actor. Yeah, yeah. Veteran, brilliant veteran actor. And that scene, there's a scene in which we find out kind of the horrible things that Ethan did. Did, unknowingly to, uh, you know, so he says. Right. They were, you know, the Apaches infiltrate his dad's compound. Right. And Ethan basically told him to just, like, steal all the ammunitions and weapons, but instead they, like, go in and kill and rape everybody. Yeah. He's like, that wasn't part of the plan. But the monologue in which she tells Explains him this it. is pretty awesome. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's like, to deliver it in that way, it's you know, people just sort of watch it and go, oh, that was cool. But, you know, for an actor, it's like, fuck. How, yeah. Dude, you know. I have to say incredible. the acting in Penny Dreadful is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really stepped up the level. I mean, especially for genre. Yeah horror genre shows that i mean uh, they're at the top of their game they're at the top of everybody right now with their acting oh yeah it's like on par with walking dead and the acting of that show. i'd say it's, it's a little better better yeah. i i mean that performance by eva green and tori kinnear last week was that was pretty phenomenal yeah and this week equal i mean that brian cox was amazing and then also you know, there's a chase through the desert and there's yeah. all kinds of stuff that happens. She conjures up vipers and the whole band of, uh, like the whole Pinkerton gang is killed. That's chasing them yep. and stuff. And yeah, some really cool action and some really cool, uh, sort of forwarding of his story. Right. I like that storyline. Probably the best this season next to the Frankenstein, the Eva, Eva Green one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Frank, we also saw Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll and they're testing people in the asylum. Oh yeah. And they make progress. Mm-hmm. What they think is progress. Right. Yes. Yes. Very good. But it's pretty creepy. That whole sec, what's going on there. But it's, Hey, Penny Dreadful is great this season. You should definitely check that out. You can watch it on Amazon. You can watch it on, Showtime online, but I believe you can also watch it on YouTube. At least the the pilot for the season you could. Yeah, I've, this has been my favorite season of the show, like far and away. Right. The other two I liked because I liked the genre, but I was sort of like half one foot in, one foot out for yeah. a lot of it. Me personally, but yeah, I'm 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 into this season all the way. All in, Penny Dreadful. Yeah, watch it definitely. So uh, that's basically Sunday Bloody Sunday in a nutshell for you. And uh, we'll have more next week from Game of Thrones and Penny Dreadful. Heck yeah. And we've got X-Men Apocalypse. What do you call it, Justice and Doom? Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes there's a little doom in these reviews. And today there's some doom. Today is one of those doomy days. Yeah. This is a stinker. This movie was a stinker. (laughs) Yeah. It's a bummer, man. (laughs) When we were so excited to see it. We saw, we were in Hall H seeing the trailer and the cast talking about it. The whole fucking cast. Brian Singer and Hugh Jackman and everyone else. And then like all the (laughs) fucking original guys like Fassbender and James McAvoy and and fucking Hugh Jackman and weirdo Brian Singer. Yep. You know, and Sophie Turner and Jennifer Lawrence. And they were all carted out. We watched this awesome looking trailer. Yeah. And the movie did not deliver at all. Boo. Yeah, this movie is fucking lame. Yeah, it was a real stinker. I mean, the very beginning was kind of cool. I liked that scene. I did. I liked the opening scene, which takes place in like BC, Egypt. Yeah. You know, 
and they're doing a sort of ceremonial thing that's sabotaged by the people. Right. And they take down the pyramid and they want to kill Apocalypse. Basically, Apocalypse has to transfer his body every whatever hundred years once his because his body's just a vessel for his mm-hmm. power, and so he has to find a new body every whatever hundred years. Or, right. And he has his four horsemen that are basically his personal guard, and so they were doing that ceremony, and there was sort of like a revolt, revolution that sort of goes into sabotage and try to kill him. Yeah. And that's how it starts with him being buried under the pyramid because it almost succeeds but kind of goes south. Mm-hmm. And I like that scene. I'm like, okay, this movie's going to be cool, man. Yeah. Let's do it, man. And then it slowly fucking poo-pooed on my face. Uh, <laughs> 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 exactly right. Yeah, it just is this. And it's, it almost felt like I don't know, Disney got their claws on it or something because yeah. it was so, it had like Marvel cheese. And I was Marvel like, what? Cheese. Why? Yeah, why? And just fucking, oh my God, it's Apocalypse. It's like the greatest villain of the X-Men universe. And yeah. Like, why don't, why does it feel like, what the, why, why do I don't feel like an apocalypse is happening? No, not at all. Most of the movie was like looking for X Men and yeah. putting, them, putting them in fancy costumes. He was like dressing them up. Yeah, that is true. He was like, like no. it's like all you did was put them in a new costume. Yeah, it's like I get Angel and give him some metal wings, <laughs> and I'll give Magneto some cool little chest armors and like shoulder platings and little nice little helmet I made for you. <laughs> I made you this helmet. Let's go take over the world. <laughs> Oh, it was boring. It was boring. There was just too many characters to establish that by the time everyone's where they're supposed to be, there's like 10 minutes left for some action. Right. Some X-Men action. Yeah. Where they're using their powers that we like to watch, for God's sake. You're right. We didn't really see that till the end. We saw it in like snippets, but... Gay snippets. They didn't get to it all till the end and they do this backstory with magneto where he's got a family now and he's living in oh, poland and he's a... working as like a metal worker yeah he's like and, humble metal worker right but they it literally was like a little vignette inside the movie and it was way too long that's well, the thing it was like a magneto movie inside the apocalypse movie yeah and it's like this is why there's no room left for action yeah. with X-Men because we had to watch Magneto's fucking new life for 20 minutes I know. play out. It was Just about so that long. Spoilers. Maybe more. Yeah. Kids, his kid and wife die. Random kid and wife. Yeah. And we're supposed to feel all so bad because it was an accident. The guy just let go of the arrow. It's like, ugh. And he was trying to like redeem himself by living a normal life. And yeah. He was, and he saved a guy in his plant's life. And then that and then, reveals his yeah. powers because he uses his, you know metal working powers right. to stop a giant steel beam from crushing some dude. And it also reveals that he was the guy in Washington and yeah. you know he's been in hiding and all of that stuff and they're like are you this man? Well they come and they're like a bunch of police force with like wooden weapons right. and bows and arrows because he can't find his daughter and then fucking the daughter has powers to control birds or and something animals yeah. wildlife yeah and they're like stop it She's like, you can't control it just leave her alone and then like foomp. oops oh no oh and it goes through the daughter's chest and into the mother's which heart which is stupid because that arrow wasn't long enough to go through both bodies and i don't think he had enough of a draw pull on the bow and arrow to pr- penetrate through one whole no. person and no into way. a second person no way especially if it was a wooden tipped arrow because there's no metal so there's yeah, no how would it go through 
I don't know. It might penetrate her back and maybe pierce her heart or just get wedged in her ribs. But I can't see it like going through two whole people. Yeah, no way. And killing them in one instant fell swoop. And then he's like, no. Yeah. Why? And then he kills them with the locket that his daughter wears. It goes through all their head, you know, their like necks. zips. That was sort of cool. That was cool looking. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool moment. But it's just like, fuck, can't we just do this in like a two minute flashback? Right. Because you're going to take all that time just to establish the fact that he's willing to join Apocalypse. Yeah. It's like, fuck, just give him, just be like, yeah, I'm in. Okay. I don't care. I'll just join. Well, and then he goes back at the end to being good again. Right away. So instantly. Just because Mystique was like, come on, man. Why are you you doing this? And then Quicksilver was going to tell him that it's his dad and he doesn't even tell him. He's just like, I'm... I'm thinking about it. You know, it would help my family, my family too. too. Winky, wink, wink, wink. Well, and by the way, Quicksilver scene was the best scene in the entire movie. It was another scene, if you saw Days of Futures Past, of like Quicksilver using his abilities. And again, yes, it stole the show. Yeah. Now it's just like, just make a Quicksilver movie. Yeah. You know, why introduce us to 10 characters and you get to watch them do one thing right? one time? You know, because there was the Nightcrawler and there was Cyclops and there was Angel and then there was storm then there was jubilee that didn't do anything except like bitch about uh, fucking return of the jedi which is another thing he commented on because they did this whole thing where they like go to the mall and i call i want to go to the mall yeah and they go and he's wearing like a thriller jacket oh right and then they leave and they're like it's the 80s now it's the 85 or what 83 83 yeah and they leave and they're like leaving a movie theater she's like i don't know like return of the, uh, or empire strikes back is still the best one this movie is blur and it's like i think they're <laughs> getting a fucking directive from disney to promote star wars in these movies but this isn't owned by disney but i don't care it's still like, have, like i don't, I don't know but like they they it literally felt like a shameless plug it was a star total wars. plug because they did the same thing in civil war where yeah. spider-man's like remember that movie which is like star wars <laughs> <laughs> and they're in the snow place. He's referencing Hoth where they take down the At-Ats when Ant-Man's giant. Yeah, they're referencing giant. also Empire. Yeah, Empire again yeah. and how good it is. He's like, but he's all like, I don't remember what it's called because I'm just a little guy. I'm yeah. just a little boy, Peter <laughs> Parker. But he uses the same technique to take down giant Ant-Man. Right. But it's like he literally has this whole giant, like, not monologue, but just going on about how cool this movie is right. and how we should use that tactic. And it's... Well, totally a Star Wars plug. Right. Like going in front of a billion people that are going to go now see Rogue Nation or whatever the fuck. Oh, right. It's I just, just like, want to so know what stupid. that connection is. Why are are is are the X-Men going to show up in the Marvel Universe? Is I don't this know. something that's going to happen? That's all between like studios and execs and shit. But right. Regardless, I just find it fair. Disney has so much pull. They probably paid Fox to just like put that in the script. Ugh. Because Jubilee's a cool character and she was like a favorite in the cartoon and she didn't do shit. Yeah. Like she was just sort of bopping around in her cool yellow jacket and that was <laughs> it. And, and it was just, yeah, this movie, man, it just drags on and Apocalypse mm-hmm. is just sort of walking around and... Like, you know, yeah, giving people cool outfits, yeah. and he's got some cool powers. And Jean Grey, played by uh, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, she was really good, and she plays good, good, you know. But and there's a surprise guest in the movie as well, of Hugh Jackman, uh, yeah. as Weapon X, right? And he has like the headgear and everything, and he breaks out because basically Stryker comes once. Uh, who blows up? Who blows up Xavier's mansion? Oh, it was 
uh, Havoc. Havoc dies. Yeah. yeah. Cyclops is No, it was, it was Apocalypse who came. But he doesn't blow it up. Oh. Havoc blows it up when he shoots one of his like chest beams and it hits the... Oh, no, but then Stryker comes and blows it up more. No, he doesn't blow it up oh, more. He, he uses one of those right. like disabling sound wave things and like knocks out everybody right. and then t- captures them. But, you know... What's his name? Fucking Cyclops and Sophie Turner and Nightcrawler were not seen, and they sneak right. onto the plane and whatever. And ah, uh, yeah, too much. But that scene with Quicksilver because they do the thing again where he puts on the music like they did with yeah. Time in a Bottle. And, yes, and, and, and it's a different song. This it's time. an eighty song. What song was it? I forget. I don't know. It was really funny though because yeah. they do the whole like stop. He's got his song on. And he's going around and he's saving everyone. It was like the best moment of yeah, the show as the, as the mansion slowly explodes. Exploding yeah. into a giant fireball, he's like saving every single person in there except for Havoc, right? Because he was died. nearest to the blast and he couldn't get it out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a bummer. And then uh, Doctor X Ex- has some really cheesy lines. He had like a funny moment because what happens is Apocalypse is going to assume his body at the very end because then he can use Xavier's like super telepathy so he right. can control every single human left on Earth because right. he's that powerful. And like as they're doing the ceremony, he's like laying on the like Egyptian slab yeah. thing and he's he's getting taken over by energy and he's just like, no, get out. <laughs> get out of here. You get out of me right now. <laughs> it's like so bad. I was literally laughed out loud. I, know. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, you get out of there, you stinker. Like, get out of there. <laughs> you, get- <laughs> you can't come in me, Apocalypse. You better not come in me, Apocalypse. Yeah, that was bad. He was really dumb. And then the whole fight sequence at the end was cool, but it took so long to get there that I was just waiting for the conclusion. Right. And it was like, okay, I guess it was cool. I like, guess it was Angel's cool. Angel's so badass, and then like Nightcrawler has his tail wrapped around his neck, and he just goes like, I'll feed to Zane. And then, like, <laughs> he just like <laughs> dunk, knocks his head against some like metal beam, and he's just like completely knocked out. Right. Like, these fucking X-Men superheroes. And he's just like, boonk, on the head. Like, yeah. little dunk. Might as well hit him with, like, a wooden spoon. Boonk. And just, like, knocked out. And then the Olivia Munn character's, like, garbage, yeah. garbage, whatever. Nothing that interesting. No, and, she sucks. And and Storm is kind of, like, wasted, blah. too. Blah, yeah, Super wasted. blah. And, like, her, the actress is blah. Super blah. Like, whatever. She's, like, an Egyptian beggar, and that's where Apocalypse yeah. finds her. And then she has a change of heart because she sees Mystique for the first time, and that's her big hero and shit. Right. And then Apocalypse is like, no, you you guys can't defeat me. And he's like, yeah. but that's the thing. You're on your own, but we have <laughs> all of our cool buddies working together. And then Jean Grey turns into the phoenix and puts the nail in a, a Apocalypse's coffin. And he's sort of like stripped into particles, basically. And then everything's cool, I guess. It's all good. And then they had like one of the like like Marvel does where they had like the post after credit thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it was a pro a, a super plug just for Wolverine three, which right. is I'm guessing why they added in the whole Weapon X thing, right? Because basically, like they're trapped in this some sort of mutant holding cell and they can't escape. Yeah. And then what happens is Sophie Turner uses her telepathy to like release some lock and inside is weapon x and he just kills everyone right and one fell sweet brutally brutally and that's again the total plug for wolverine 3 right 
Because they didn't advertise him as being in the movie at all. It was supposed to be some cool reveal. No, in fact, they said he wasn't going to be. Yeah, I know, but he was at all H at the Comic Con. Right, and we, so we sort of figured mm, maybe, like what, maybe. You know. But yeah, I don't know. And like, even Sylvie Turner was good, but her American accent was weird, man. Like she's British, and like her American accent was like really thick, like heavy, like dumb. Like, yeah, it was, it was definitely like she was trying hard with it. Yeah, it was not very good. And the guy that played Cyclops was super like a little pussy boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him at all. No, he was just like weak, weak chinned. Weak chinned. Scott Summer becomes the leader, the leader of the X Men. He's just like I don't see him. And he's kind of like bratty and yeah, he looks like he's and... being fucking. Divergent or something, not <laughs> X Men. You know? Well, and James Marston was so good as Cyclops. Yeah, he was a good choice for Cyclops. Yeah. And then the other really fucking PO thing was that at the very, very last scene of the movie when they're in the freaking like training room, mm. the like fucking virtual reality training room, they all have their sort of throwback design costumes. Finally. Yeah. They finally have costumes that look like they're at least from the comics or the cartoon. Right. To an extent. And then it just cuts to black. Yeah. And it's like, fuck. Well, almost like they did that because of all the fan outrage at the last minute. Yeah. Like, we'll give you guys these costumes that look like the comic. Finally. Yeah. Like, literally, the whole time they've done these stupid movies, there's never been any resemblance to the comic book costumes except for, like, Magneto. And then a little bit in... uh, first class when they're wearing those air suits that are blue and yellow Mm -hmm. but they're not it's just like fuck yeah fuck they're comics you might as well just make them look like how they look why do you have to be like super uber real like (sighs) black leather's way cooler than blue and yellow and it's not it's like it's cooler cooler to have the colors and the different the look of the comic yeah and i'm sick of seeing wolverines in in like jeans and a wife Mm -hmm. beater like that's not wolverine to me yeah give them the cool with the fucking big cowl and the earpieces and the yellow sh- black and blue suit and shit they're what not the gonna fuck? do that at this point i mean if they reboot that series and have a new wolverine they might but w- they're not gonna now put well i was Hugh saying Jackman like i it. was saying they should just reboot it as a fucking really high budget episodic because these two mm. and a half hour movies they take too long to get anywhere because they're constantly establishing and re-establishing storylines right. and characters whereas if they had a live action uh, episodic series that was really high budget they could have all of these things we want and they could just keep it going yeah so there's constantly action and there's constantly you know you don't have to learn about it fucking cyclops every five years right you know and then gene gray a new gene gray it's like fuck yeah do something where it's like you get them at a certain age and like harry potter or something but a series like like yeah, like daredevil's like doing. Dare, like yeah. daredevil and the yeah. punisher and and give it like have it be a million an episode or yeah. whatever the fuck like game of thrones and maybe it would probably work on um, netflix or something i think it would i think i agree because then you could have gambit you could have nightcrawl you could have all these subplots and different characters because there's so many x-men colossus you know there's just too many to try to pack into two hours and have it be an interesting film yeah you know so where's the future of this franchise going other than the wolverine movie i mean the only thing i can think of is that they're somehow maybe connecting it to the Avengers? Because in the comics, X Men do fight with the Avengers. Especially, yeah, in the Infinity Gauntlet, it, like everyone in the Marvel universe is sort of rallied together. I but think. But they didn't set that up in this to make it seem. I like don't they know might if they can. With that, yeah, yeah right. The studios aren't the studios. allowed, but maybe they are. Just the fact that they plugged Disney 
with Star Wars makes me wonder if there's some deals going on there. Yeah, super like innocuous, like innocuous, innocuously, innocuous, innocuously, <laughs> apocalypsely. <laughs> but but ex- except for the fact that they'd have to go back into modern times because we're now we're in the 80s with this franchise, you know. So this franchise is probably hopefully done. The only thing I would like to see is a Quicksilver standalone movie. You might as well. Yeah. Like if you just look at the movie and like the most entertaining part in both last two movies, which are almost three hours, is like a two minute, it's not even yeah. scene with Quicksilver using his abilities. Because there was another cool part where Quicksilver sort of takes on Apocalypse and he's sort of kicking that ass. Yeah. And then Apocalypse, you know, breaks his leg right. or something. But that was cool too. That was a cool moment too. Yeah. But, you know, so yeah, there's cool moments, but overall it's sort of a fucking stinker. It was a stinker. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do something we don't usually often do which is we're dooming this movie it deserves doom i had pretty high expectations even though it's just a big dumb superhero movie and i'm kind of sort of it's oversaturated you know like steven spielberg said uh, the superhero genre will eventually go the way of the western yeah like it did in the 70s or 80s whatever the fuck it was and i see it happening man you can't just keep doing this forever they just need to be scaled back a little yeah made into episodics and stuff because trying to do this this sort of like chain storytelling in feature films is draining for it is and it's going on like 20 years i know it'll be like 20 plus years by the time all this is said i'm gonna be old as fuck by the time they're gonna be i know it'll still be poor chris hemsworth all like old as like (laughs) old chris evans and shit and now they got the new young Spider-Man. They're going to milk him for 10 years. Yeah, poor kid. <laughs> poor kid. He'll be like 30 years old by the time <laughs> he still played an 18-year-old or something. That's <laughs> fucked up. Well, so I'm going to doom it. I think, I don't I know. Like a five and a half. Yeah, which is just barely doomed, but it's still so doomed. So bad, yeah. It's still doomed. It's We're still doomed. dooming it. Because, I, I mean, got to give it, I'm giving it that... Point five extra for the uh, Quicksilver scene and some of the cool effects, but it mm-hmm. definitely deserves to be doomed. So yeah, I cannot bummer. say I cannot recommend going to see this at the theaters. I can't do it. In fact, I would go far as go so far as to say, please go see Sing Street instead of <laughs> yeah, go support Apocalypse independent film, and it's a good movie. Not just support. Go enjoy yourself at a movie and see Sing Street. Yeah, because you will. You'll walk out of that movie with a smile on your face. You'll walk out of X Men Apocalypse with a the hell again yeah you tricked me again god damn it yeah no fun boo no fun yeah all right that's it for uh this week's justice and doom movie meter review we will be back that's with uh, the lobster the lobster the lobster starring colin farrell and uh we'll see you later jerks see you later you jerks